Father, we love you, Lord, and we thank you so much for loving us, for all that you have done and constantly do in our behalf. Lord, thank you for uh, once again uh, gathering us here for this time together tonight. And Lord, as we um, do what we do in terms of Bible study and also business meeting, uh, Lord, we, we are asking for your guidance. We're asking for wisdom so that all that we do is what pleases you and what brings glory and honor to your name. Father, uh, we want to again lift up uh, Robert Good tonight, asking for your grace and your intervention. Uh, we pray concerning the procedures, uh, the testing and the procedures that are scheduled to take place. We, we are asking for uh, success and what they have to do. And, and Lord, we're asking that you make him well. Do what they cannot do. Grant uh, strength to his body. Grant healing, we pray. We thank you for it. And again, thank you for this time together. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Are there any uh, any questions on what I've talked about this morning? I know in, in the message this morning or anything previous, really, uh, uh, any questions regarding what we've talked about? Mm-hmm. For the um, for, for the White Horseman, yeah, I think I did. Yeah, one is that um, I cited uh, John MacArthur. One is is that sometimes it's interpreted to be the the Antichrist. John MacArthur is one, and I've heard that from different places. But but uh, um, of course they would say, you know, well he's white because he's uh, it's a counterfeit Christ. He's he's you know, putting on—it's supposed to look like righteous righteousness, um, but it turns out to be phony. Um, but but uh, MacArthur's thing was that he's he's going out. He's got a—he's—I thought this was a little bit of a stretch, but he was saying because it mentions he has a bow and no sword, that he's that he's not really making war because you don't make a war with with a bow. I'm, I'm sorry, not not a sword, but arrow. Because it mentions he has a bow but no arrows, that that he can't be making war. Um, because you you can't make war without arrows and just a bow. <laughs> so so the conquering represents a false peace. That's what MacArthur was saying. Uh, that's what I got. Um, and like I say, and I've heard that that line of thinking from others as well, uh, which is fine. Like I say, we don't we don't know for sure. So you're going to run into different uh, opinions on it. But uh, but I, I just don't you know don't think that lines up. Um, as I mentioned this morning. You know, the Revelation is full of symbolism. Numbers, colors, um, images, and metaphors. Um, and, and so they represent things. And sometimes it tells us what they represent. Sometimes it's harder to discern. Um, but, they, but they definitely represent certain realities. All right. Well, white, the color white in the book of Revelation consistently represents um, good or righteousness or Christ. Are things that have to do with Christ. Uh, so, you know, for example, in the um, in the letters to the seven churches, it, to the overcomers, you, you'll be clothed in white raiment, or 
I'll give you a white stone, you know, he says in one place. So it always symbolizes good or like um, righteous um, victory, overcoming, or Christ himself. You know, in Revelation 19, he comes uh, on a white horse. Uh, so um, it's, that's consistent. Unless this is talking about something evil, then here you have an exception. Uh, so that, that, you know, to me, I just thought that just doesn't have a ring, a ring of truth to it. But um, the other thing is, when you, when, you just, when you think about, as I mentioned this morning, all of these things, the, the opening of the six seals here, and the, the seventh one doesn't come until chapter 8, but, but all of these things sound like, to me like current events. In other words, this is just what's taking place in the world while we wait for Jesus to return. Uh, so, so I think the... Uh, the white horseman, to me, seems to represent uh, the, the advance of the kingdom of God. Uh, one reason I say that, I'm not, I'm not, I want you to think I'm totally pulling that out of the air, but, but this whole, this whole um, the, the conflict, the main conflict in view in the whole book of the Revelation is the conflict between the people of God, the kingdom of God, that is, and the world. And that's what, that's what uh, John is presenting, all the way, or what the Lord is presenting to John and through John all the way through here. The, the world, which is, is uh, repeatedly referred to as the, literally the down dwellers. I think the old King James translates that, those who dwell upon the earth. But the literal term is the down dwellers. So you've got the down dwellers set over against God and his kingdom and the people of God. And, and judgment comes on the down dwellers, on the people who dwell on the earth. Um, so, so it's it's the the world. We could just say it simply this way: it's the world against the kingdom of God, and vice versa. Kingdom of God set over against the world. So I think that's what we've got here too. You got the kingdom of God represented by the white horseman, and so you could think of it in terms of the advancement of the gospel throughout the church age. In spite of all these other things going on, in spite of the evil, in spite of peace being taken from the earth and men killing one another in spite of wars and famine and pestilence, um, in spite of all these things, the gospel continues to advance. That is, this white horse and horseman goes out conquering and to conquer. And Jesus says in, in Matthew 24 and Mark 13 that the gospel will go out through the, to the whole earth, to the world, before the end comes. Now, we could debate, that's another thing, we could debate, has that happened yet or not? And there's debate over that, but most people don't think that it has. And it has to happen before, uh, before the end comes. Um, there are certain things, by the way, and of course we've got to be careful here, but a lot of times we say, well, Jesus could come at any moment. Well, yes, I would say that, because I don't, I don't the reason I would say that is because I, I don't know for sure whether all the things that have to happen have happened. Or not, but there are things that have to happen, and if they haven't happened, then he's not coming yet. He's not coming until they do. Gospel has to go out through all the earth. Every every people group, it seems to me, has to be reached. Has that been done? Well, most people would say no. Um, Paul seems to say yes <laughs> in his own day in Colossians, but that's that's we don't know. I mean, that's that's a little debatable. But it has to happen. So if it has not happened, then Jesus is not coming back until it does happen. So that's just one example. Paul says in Thessalonians, the man of sin has to be revealed before Christ can. Has the man of sin been revealed? Well, no. But um, unless there's something taking place there that I uh, that I haven't realized, and I, I throw that out because uh, 
I don't want to say Jesus cannot come in any moment because I may have missed something. Uh, and and, and uh, he may surprise us all and come before we, uh, before we finish here tonight. So, so we need to be ready for his, his uh, imminent coming, coming at any moment. But, uh, but it seems like there are things that still have to take place uh, when you read the Scriptures, things that still have to happen. So, possible. I think it just means he's going to make war. Myself. I mean, who carries a bow without arrows? You know, he, the fact that he doesn't mention arrows doesn't mean that he doesn't have arrows. Uh, and you know, and it's just symbolism. But if 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 I if I said to you, or if you said to me, if you said to me, would you paint would you paint me a a picture? Uh, of course, you know, it would be like crayons if I did it. But if you said if you said, would you paint me a picture of a bowman? Riding on a horse, I'm gonna I'm gonna paint a guy. You, if you tell me to paint a guy with a bow, he's gonna have bow and arrows. You know what I'm saying? I, I I think it's a little bit of a stretch to to make a big deal out of the fact that arrows aren't mentioned. Um, he says he has a bow, so that probably means he has arrows. <laughs> I, I don't think too many warriors are going out unloaded, you know, um, to war, uh, and he's going out and conquering it. But but that's a possibility, and that's why I mentioned it because. Uh, we we don't know for certain. It's it's easy with the uh, with the uh, the third one, right? You get to whoop, let me get in the right place here. The four, I'm sorry, the fourth one, the pale horse, because he tell he tells us explicitly, its rider's name was Death and Hades. So we know what the fourth horse represents beyond any shadow of a doubt. It represents Death and Hades, because the Lord tells us that through through John. But he doesn't do that with the first horseman or with the second horseman, although we have more clues on the second one, uh, you know, so that we can figure out there it represents um, scarcity or, I, like I said, I like to say inflation. you got the cost of living is so high that it's causing hardship. Um, number three, the black horse. Uh, yeah, that's, I'm sorry, I'm getting those two confused. Uh, but that's the scarcity, the inflation. The second one is the bright red horse. Um, which is permitted to take peace from the earth, and men slay one another. So, so we understand what those represent. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty clear. And number four is explicitly stated, um, but number one, it just doesn't say. It just says he's a, he's a, he's a rider. He's white, with a crown. Crown was given to him, and it's like the, that's the victory wreath, like they would wear. The, you see the, do you think about the Olympian? You know, they have the little crown of olives or whatever. Um, the Stephanos is the. Uh, the term there, I, I, I like that because I had a friend named Stefan, and all those years that uh, he and I were friends, I never knew that that's what his name meant. <laughs> but that's the Greek for crown, uh, Stephanos. Um, so it's a little wreath. It's not like uh, the Burger King crown, but the, 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 little, the little wreath, uh, you know, olive b- uh, branches or whatever, that they would wear as, as a sign of victory or whatever. So a crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer. Sounds like to me a, a good representation of the gospel advancing in this present age. But if you take another interpretation, you know that's uh, that's fine. Like I say, these things are uh, some, some a lot of the things that we're going to be looking at in here are just uh, kind of gray areas, but the main things are clear. Anything else? I had a uh, I had a, a graphic too. I was <clears throat> I was going to ask Joel to put on the screen this morning because I thought it looked pretty good. The four horsemen, but I forgot to bring it. Uh, 
somebody somebody's depiction of the four horsemen. That was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> no, no, the four horse. They, these are commonly called the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and that's because uh, the the Greek word the apocalypse is is the Greek word for revelation. Apocalypse, apocalypsis, uh, the revelation. So these are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And five and six, we—I mean, we won't deal with tonight. But um, I'm just going to mention this: uh, that in the, the opening of the fifth seal, you got the saints um, below the altar, and now that's a shot in heaven. Like I say, Lord willing, we'll talk about that next week. So the focus views to you know these are disembodied spirit spirits in heaven people who were uh, who who died or were martyred during the tri- during the uh, tribulation in other words during this present age so you still got ha- something happening there during this present age but it's just the scene shifts from um, what's taking place on earth to what's taking place on heaven so to, in heaven so to speak with the saints there and they're crying out for um, recompense on the earth, on the world, on those who martyr them. If these, if those 28 Ethiopians that were killed last week and those 21 Egyptians that were killed a couple of weeks ago um, were true brothers, if they were true brothers in Christ, you know, they, they, they are among these martyrs. Have have uh, have died during the tribulation here on earth, and of course, like I said this morning, there are many, many more. If you if you if you do a little digging, you will find other reports, but a lot of it we're not getting in our media. There's too much of it going on. I mean, they're they're killing left and right in Iraq, Syria. Yep, and now they're they're uh, as as if that wasn't blatant, but I mean they're being even more blatant about it now. They've they they've put out a video saying. Um, that this is, you know, this is what they're doing. When, when they did, when they martyred the 28 Ethiopians, that was part of that video as well, where they 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 were warning the what they called the nation of the cross, you know, the nation of the cross. We're we're coming after you. They've already threatened. They're they're, they're planning to kill him. Yeah, because they, you know. Well, he says he's he's the uh, representative of Christ on earth. Um, yeah, Victor. But but uh, oh yeah, they're planning on killing him. They've 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 made that known. And at least he said. I, I read in a little interview the other day. The Pope said he's accepted that. Uh, he just hopes it doesn't hurt too bad. That's what he said. It's kind of kind of it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, I I, I uh, sympathize. <laughs> <laughs> he said he had resigned himself to the fact that you know he might be killed, but uh, but he said he doesn't he he doesn't like pain and he hopes it's fast. But yes, in all seriousness, though they they plan to kill him, and and they said that in the video too. They they mentioned Rome specifically, and they said we're coming we're coming to Rome because they see that um, like like the Roman Catholics do. They see that as kind of you know Christian central. We don't see it that way, but uh, the Roman Catholics do, and the Muslims kind of do too. So, 
Anything they connect with Christianity, whether it's true Christianity or not, anything they connect with Christianity, they're going to... I mean, it's their intention to take it out. Okay, so that's the first four seals. of Of the seven seals that seal the scroll that the Lamb took from the right hand of the one who sits on the throne... That scroll that we've been saying represents bringing all of history to its proper end, to the goal, um, which, which means that in the end there's going to be perfect justice. So God will judge the world. You know, you hear people talking about that all the time. Christians talking about um, Sometimes I hear people say things, you know, talking about God bringing judgment on America. Look, judgment's coming. Perfect judgment's coming uh, in the end. Whether or not it comes in any form now, although it does, but whether or not it does now, it's it's coming in the end. Um, So that's part of bringing all of history to its proper end. God is going to judge the world. Everybody outside of Christ will perish eternally. And that includes um, Satan and all of all of his demons. You know, when we get to the end of the book, you'll see they're cast into the lake of fire um, forever. All right. So that's coming. That's that's part of bringing all of history to its proper end. The other side of it, the redemptive side of it of that coin, is finishing or completing or, or bringing to its fullness our salvation. You know, we, we are told in the Scripture that, that we're going to be changed. And we're going to have an, a new bodies, right? And we're going to live in a new heaven and a new earth. And there's not going to be any more death, no more sickness or sorrow. Now, all of these things that we know now uh, that are so, uh, so uh, tragic and, and uh, part of the whole um, uh, result of sin in this world, all, all of those things that are part of our, our experience here that are related to sin are going to be taken away when our, when our salvation is completed, when it is brought to its fullness. No more sin. No more death. I mean, those things are removed from our experience. So, um, and then we, and we enjoy eternal life with Christ uh, in His presence forever and ever and ever and ever and ever as the ages roll on. Uh, so all of those things, uh, the judgment of the world, the fullness of our salvation, that's part of bringing, um, those are parts of bringing history to its proper end. And that's what Christ is doing in opening, breaking the seals and opening the scroll. Um, that's what we're going to see as we move on through the rest of the book, Lord willing.